And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Uh, good morning, Lena. Sorry, a small fly just flew by. <laughs> <laughs> caught my attention uh, just uh, distracting for a second i do apologize for that if my eyes were wondering coming to you live from seoul you know can i tell you as a short anecdote uh, one of my co-workers yeah. actually it's our mutual friend but i won't give away his name during a live show he had the audacity well, he, he <laughs> that narrows it down doesn't it but anyway he caught a mosquito during a live show with the oh, loudest wow. the slap <laughs> thunderous clap I've ever heard of and I thought that's new can you do that I mean he did so what can you do <laughs> sometimes like in Korea though catching mosquitoes is almost like an involuntary reflex though isn't it so even if okay. you are live on broadcast sometimes it just involuntarily happens sometimes <laughs> I think I've been I think I've been tempted a few times in a, in a TV studio where there's lots of lights and there's a few mosquitoes especially in the hot summer <laughs> flying around where I was tempted to kind of lift my hands up but I think if we have a lot of cameras pointing at you, I think it does make it a bit more difficult. But uh, yeah, if it's great, com comfortable radio com uh, could make you, uh, you know, succumb to your reflexes. I, I don't think the producer was happy, but we'll leave it there for now because we <laughs> could right. do this uh, for yeah. hours. Uh, let's There's turn to our story is related to uh, <laughs> broadcasting kind of, you know, blue. Uh, what do they call it? Bloopers. Blue Bloopers. That's the one. Sorry. Yeah, no bloopers. problem. <laughs> All right, jumping into keyword news, we're going to try to clarify these major headlines for our listeners, starting with, of course, President Yoon's ongoing trip in New York City. This is our first keyword of the day. Arms deal warning. So President Yoon has issued a strong warning uh, against military cooperation between North Korea and Russia in his speech to the UN. Can you run us through what he said? I sure can. Uh, he warned that any action by a permanent UN Security Council member to bypass what he called international norms would be dangerous and paradoxical in his words. He emphasized that South Korea, along with its allies and partners, uh, would not stand idly by if North Korea acquired advanced weapons technology from Russia in exchange for weapons uh, to help with the war in Ukraine. Now, he stated that such a deal would be a direct provocation threatening the peace and security not only of uh, Ukraine, but also of South Korea. Uh, Yoon also highlighted the threat posed by North Korea's nuclear missile programs. He described them uh, not only as a direct threat to South Korea, but also a serious challenge to peace in the Indo-Pacific region and worldwide. Mm. So basically comments that are uh, pretty much uh, similar to what he's been saying um, in the past, but this mm. just uh, just uh, this time to a general audience of the UN. So President Yoon also outlined uh, several actions that Seoul would take to address global challenges, tackling issues, namely the global south, closing down the digital discrepancies, AI global forum, climate change. Did I cover some of the basis? <laughs> let's, let's, yeah. It was a pretty long speech. Can you tell us the details? Of course, uh, yeah, so uh, it wasn't just about uh, North Korea and Russia, but of course uh, other issues pertaining to uh, global interests at the moment. Uh, Korea will increase its official development assistance, or ODA as it's known, by more than 40% uh, for the next year. This additional ODA will be used to provide tailored development aid to recipient nations uh, with a focus on education and training. Uh, so will also increase its financial contributions to the fight against climate change. The president also announced the launch of a carbon-free alliance uh, to promote the use of carbon-free energy sources 
such as renewable energy, nuclear power and hydrogen. Uh, Korea will also leverage its strengths in uh, ICT to uh, um, assist developing nations in their digital transformation efforts. Uh, the country aims to establish global digital norms and plans to unveil uh, what it's calling a digital bill of rights, outlining an ideal digital order um, as the world becomes more digitalized and with technology advancing even more, there's kind of demand for related laws and security mm. to adapt to that fast changing nature of technology. Um, and you'd also emphasize South Korea's commitment to playing a responsible role in defending uh, international peace and safety as a non-permanent member of the UNSC, which Korea will be uh, taking the role of in the years to, uh, 2024 to 2025. Um, the administration plans to provide a total of $2.3 billion in short to long-term aid to Ukraine as well. And of course, uh, uh, Yoon's main focus, or one of the main focuses that he's going to New York, is to promote Busan to host this uh, World Expo 2030. And he expressed Korea's hope to use the event as an opportunity to share its experiences of growth uh, and development with the world. All right. With that, we move on to our second keyword, Fed's rate decision. This is our second pick of the day. Fed freezes rates. So in a widely anticipated move, the U.S. Fed has kept interest rates steady. It has also indicated it still expects one more hike before the end of the year and fewer cuts than previously indicated. Next year, Wall Street closed lower after Fetcher Powell spoke. What's the latest? Yeah, so this is all kind of expected. But uh, the main question was how much uh, monetary tightening will continue? Will it continue? Uh, and it's, for the moment, it seems like we do have one more hike. Uh, at the end of the year, the uh, FOMC voted unanimously uh, to hold the federal funds rate uh, this time round between five and a quarter to five and a half percent. That was in keeping with the bank's strategy of moving more carefully in the latter stages of its fight against inflation. Uh, the committee said it has played close attention to the risks of inflation while noting that the economy has been growing well, though job growth is slower. Uh, they released new economic projections showing uh, stronger growth this year and more favorable inflation outlook compared to earlier estimates in June. For example, these projections suggest that interest rates uh, will peak between five and a half percent to five and three quarter percent uh, with one more uh, rate hike this year and fewer rate cuts expected in 2024 and 2025. The Fed Chair Jerome Powell emphasized that the decision to keep rates steady doesn't mean uh, the Fed believes it has controlled inflation completely. Therefore, we could see more uh, rate hikes. Um, now, Powell mentioned that while a soft landing for the economy isn't his primary expectation, there's still a way to bring down inflation without causing too many job losses. However, you stress that it's positive that the economy has done well despite the tight monetary policy. And if the economy performs better than expected, the Fed may need to do more to control inflation. Now, officials also revised the GDP growth estimates uh, for this year to 2.1%. That's an increase from the previous 1%. For next year, the estimate rose to 1.5%, uh, an increase of 0.4 uh, percentage points. Hmm. Core inflation forecasts for this year were reduced to 3.7%. Uh, that's down from the previous 39 hmm. For next year, forecasts remained at 2.6. Inflation is expected to return to the Fed's 2% target by the year 2026. So we could see 
um, going down to that level for, uh, we have to wait a bit until that okay. happens. Now, many economists believe that the Fed still has to work to do, uh, still has work to do to combat inflation, uh, but others think it may pause tightening due to potential downside risks to inflation as well as economic growth, especially in the fourth quarter. These challenges include um, in the US anyway, student loan repayments uh, resuming. There's this unresolved auto worker strikes uh, that's going on as well. A possible government shutdown and also rising oil prices due to supply cuts as well. All right. So some key factors to look out for. We'll leave it there for now so we can move on to our third keyword of the day. Health insurance bill. So the income-based health insurance system that targets subscribers in specific regions will have its first adjustment in the month of November. Can you tell us the details on what it actually entails? Yeah, so just to give you a little bit of a, a brief kind of explanation of how the national uh, mm -hmm. insurance works here in Korea, basically... Your income and relevant criteria are all assessed uh, in by near the end of uh, the year to be applied for the following year. So, including uh, your that, assets, right? Including your assets. So that kind of um, compiling of data and criteria is uh, going to be happening in November. It's going to be the first uh, since a kind of a new scheme and criteria was introduced. Um, basically, it works like a tax settlement. You either get money back if you pay too much or pay more if you basically paid too little. Now, the National Health Insurance Service announced that around 290,000 individuals, just over 300,000 uh, households, applied for health insurance premium adjustments between September and December last year, after the system was introduced, will undergo the first adjustment in November to be applied the following year. The NHIS made changes in its rules to conduct income-based adjustments for the next year after implementing a two-stage reform of the health insurance premium billing system um, in September last year. So this applies to regional subscribers and some workplace uh, subscribers who reported additional income beyond their salaries. Uh, income adjustments for health insurance premiums basically allow people with irregular income, like uh, regional subscribers, to provide proof to the National Health uh, Insurance Service when their income activities are disrupted or reduced. This evidence helps basically them pay less insurance premiums. Now, the issue arises when people claim an income adjustment but continue their economic activities without informing the NHIS. To tackle this problem starting in November, the uh, NHIS will verify income based on national tax service data and other sources for individuals who applied for an income adjustment and then determined their health insurance premiums. Now, depending on the results, those with so-called hidden income will have to pay more in premiums, while those who generally reduce their income will receive a reduction. Mm. Now, the NHIS says the introduction of the income settlement system has reduced health insurance premium evasion. This is why they made the revision in the first place um, uh, last year. Uh, it it plans to gradually expand the income settlement system to all regional subscribers. However, specific timelines uh, have not been determined yet. According to the NHIS, it's estimated that one million uh, individuals will be subject to premium adjustments and settlements for this year, uh, starting next year. So basically, it means that... Um, People who are basically, there's been a lot of loopholes in terms of paying national insurance. For freelancers, for example, like uh, uh, you and I, uh, there are some people who still 
try to evade national health insurance by being a dependent on, say, a relative mm. or a parent mm. uh, under a parent's uh, insurance program. Um, there was that loophole there. So this revision is basically uh, the National Health Insurance Service's way of trying to avoid those evasions. Um, and for people who are paying a bit too much in terms of health insurance, because maybe their income has reduced, right. of course, uh, the health insurance works according to income. So basically, if you make more, you pay more. <laughs> if you make less, then you pay less. But of course, there's been a bit of discrepancy <laughs> with that. Uh, so we'll be getting a bit of a streamline when, come, when it uh, comes to November. When you put it like that, it's extremely simple, isn't it? When you make more, yeah. you pay more. When you make less, <laughs> you pay less. But it's really never right. that simple because there are loopholes, as you've who, said. Right. And there are several details and working parts <laughs> within that criteria. So that is a blanket kind of summarization. Mm -hmm. But of course, uh, there are some fine tuning to the details, uh, which will be coming in November. All right, and on to um, a criteria revision in automobile taxation. This is our fourth keyword of the day. Car tax. So the government is beginning to work to change the current automobile tax system to be based on vehicle prices rather than engine displacement. It turns out some local car makers were getting the short end of the stick. Can you tell us more? Right, so this isn't new news. It's been uh, in the works for a while and it did cause a bit of controversy and a bit of debate when it was first uh, revealed, when first uh, reports came out of it. Uh, right now, cars are actually taxed based on their engine size, but the government wants to uh, tax cars based on how much they uh, cost uh, instead. And to do this, they're forming a team to figure out the new rules and will get opinions uh, from experts as well as government agencies. They plan to make a proposal by the first half of next year and then work to make it a law in the second half of the year. Now, the reason for the change is that some people think the current system is basically not fair. For example, imported cars often have smaller engines but cost uh, more than domestic cars, of course, because of the import tax. Uh, now, so if they change the rules, people with imported cars might have to pay more in taxes while people in South Korean uh, with South Korean made cars might pay less. Now, engine sizes in general are also getting smaller due to emissions concerns. So basically, a lot of car companies now, they're downsizing or uh, downsizing the engines um, and making them smaller, but having them get more power as well. That's kind of the trend in the uh, automobile um, market at the industry at the moment. Uh, improvements to the criteria for taxing eco-friendly cars, including EVs, will also be in, uh, included in the revision uh, plan as well. That's because electric cars are classified as a kind of this other passenger cars in Korea and have a flat tax of only 100,001. Mm. Uh, this amount is quite low compared to regular cars. For example, um, a 1.6 litre Hyundai car, which costs around 20 million won, is... Uh, going to be taxed 220,000 one per year, while the tax on a, say, Tesla Model X, which costs over 100 million one, uh, the tax for that is a flat 100,000 one. So, of course, you can see the kind of what, how, many, uh, how people can think that will be a bit unfair. And if this continues as well, there's a significant issue as tax revenue will also decrease as the proportion of electric cars increase as well. So there's that calculation to consider also. And on to our final keyword of the day. Asian Games. The main batch of uh, South Korean athletes and officials for the Hangzhou Asian Games have arrived in the host city in China. What's the latest, Anna? 
Yeah, so we're running from Saturday until the uh, October 8th. Uh, South Korea will be sending its largest ever delegation of 1,140 athletes to compete in 39 sports. Uh, it'll aim, uh, the Team Korea will aim to grab at least 50 gold medals to come in third in the overall medal tally, hopefully improving on the, what many have believed was a kind of a subpar performance on their previous uh, Asian Games. Um, now, according to schedules of their respective events, athletes are gradually arriving in China. The first batch has already arrived. The first medal event will actually take place on Sunday. And Prime Minister Handok Su, interestingly, will be attending the opening ceremony instead of the sports minister, mm. hopefully as a kind of a sign that Korea wants to improve relations with China. All right. We'll leave it there for now, Adam. Apparently, <laughs> we, we dwelled a little bit too long on our personal stories I at the beginning. <laughs> I brought it up. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much, Adam. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.